everyone. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends recap romance novels while giggling, being the most, and seeing all of the subtleties. Kinda, usually. (laughs) If you want to see what we're up to outside of the podcast, you can follow Heaving Bosoms on Instagram, at Heaving Bosoms, on Facebook, or you can join our extra cool Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. I detest Facebook of late, and yet still, I love being in the cult. And, okay, so want to give an extra special thanks to everyone who supports the show directly on Patreon. So here's a shout out to new patrons, Catherine C, Bethany D, Pretem O, Tiffany S, Bethany N, Jamie PB, and Beth M. Y'all are amazing, and I hope you're going to gobble those 160-plus back catalog episodes. <laughs> and huge, huge, huge thanks to longtime members of the Patreon fam, Lauren L., Esperwind, Hannah M., Haley D., and Jennifer S., Everyone on Patreon, I'll actually be announcing the winners of two advanced copies of Role Playing by Kathy Yardley this week. Remember, you need to have your mailing address listed on Patreon or I'll have to move to the next randomly selected person. Kathy's actually going to be a guest in the near future and I'm super stoked about it. She picked an excellent movie. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm I'm like vibrating with excitement about it. Speaking of the future, The next couple of weeks, we'll be going rogue off of the reading list a bit. Next week, Naima is coming back to recap another bonkers Spanish movie that was suggested to us because we loved Through My Window so much. And then I'm planning on starting the reading list with some favorite friends. Patrons, you got a sneak peek of that list already. Okay, This week, we've got a truly revelatory book. I'm not messing around. H.P. Meredith is here to recap Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Here we go. Okay, seriously, you're so excited to talk about this book. I'm so excited to talk about this book. I'm just the most Oh my god. I know. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> and it's so weird because like this book wasn't really on my radar even though it's written by an audiobook narrator and obviously yeah. narrated by the audiobook narrator. Which by the way the audiobook is fantastic. That's the way I read it and yeah. it blew my mind completely. Yeah. I did not realize that Travis was an audiobook narrator, but that makes total sense because the audiobook is so good. It's so, so, so good. Yeah, he he actually, he does a lot of fantasy stuff. That's his wheelhouse. That makes sense based on this book. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but the only way that it was on my radar was I was talking to a friend about, you know, like cover art and stuff like that. Yeah. And she said, you know, if this publisher is going to redo my book, like I really want this artist. And she showed me this cover and I was like, fuck, yeah. yes, you should do that. Like, that's incredible. OK, so this book did more for me than just yeah. like reading book. OK, yeah. No, and I will tell you, so this book, people were reading it and obsessed about it and saying, this is the best thing I've ever read. It's so cozy. It's wonderful. And I was like, cool, I need to buy it. 
And then I went to buy it and nobody had it. Oh, no. Because I guess what happened was he self-pubbed. Yeah. And then and got picked up. Got picked up. So it got pulled. Oh. And so you couldn't buy it for a long time. Those like dicks. months. I know. <laughs> and so there was like all this buzz and all this hype about this book that then like wasn't available. Right. And so then it finally was like coming soon. And I was like, wait, what do you mean new release? Like that's been like what? Yeah. And so that was like when the publisher and then I read it and I was like, this is just, yes. It's so cozy and wonderful. And like, in addition to just being an amazing book, I think it finally made me understand why people like sort of make work games. Like, yeah. you know, like people like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley or, you know, even even those cool like Zen apps where it, it shows you like yeah. a, an, or a disorganized drawer and you like digitally organize it or whatever. Yes. Uh-huh. And like, that's what this book did for me, except uh-huh. better, like yeah. way better, because I could also yeah. like organize my own house or like do whatever the fuck yeah. I needed to do at the same time. <laughs> You could be organizing a real life drawer. Truly. But like normally I don't get anything from those because they stress me out because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be doing this work. If I'm going to do work, I should do something that actually benefits me, you know? Right. Even though people get benefit from just those, you know, experiences, I just don't. But this was that because the whole time we just get to like watch watch she and a bunch of misfits just build a coffee shop. No, and it's so good. And then, like, oh, and the tagline for this, or I don't know if it's a tagline, but it says a novel of high fantasy and low stakes. Yes. And I was like, yes, like this is, I would like 700 more books in this genre. Yeah. Yeah. And he's already done the second one, right? That bookcases and bone shards. Bones. Yeah. I don't don't think it's out yet, but like it's coming out in July. Yeah. Yeah. But, this book, this book was a revelation. Because if you told me yeah. you're going to watch any being, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's a human. Doesn't matter if it's an orc. If you're just going to watch <laughs> any being very slowly build a coffee uh-huh. shop, I would be yeah. like, mm, prop's not for me. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. I know. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and, like, you don't realize that, like, there's all of this, like, sexual tension until the end and then you're like oh my god that has been there this whole time and it's wonderful it's been there all along i know it's so good yeah and like (laughs) i don't know there's also i feel like the the ending in the hea is uh, i don't know i can't quite piece it together but it feels it feels like it would only work in a queer relationship Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, And I thought it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's because, like, at no point is there, like, a DTR. Like, there's not any Mm. conversations about it. It's just, like, we're just here doing this together. And that's just, you know, it's it's so good. Yeah. (laughs) And our souls are slowly meshing. (laughs) Like, it's... Okay, so we should get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we meet Viv, and she's fucking bloody, and she's sweaty, and she's uh-huh. tired, and her back fucking hurts. Her back hurts God, so bad. Because this is, like, her 401st 
you know, D&D adventure times. She's the melee guy, all right? Yeah. <laughs> like she is in fact <laughs> the 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 tank in, in whatever group she finds herself yeah, in. It's true. And so they've just finished defeating this monster. We don't see any of the fight or anything. We're like very it's... end of the fight. It's great. Yeah. The first line is like her her putting black blood into this scalvered queen's skull. Yeah. Oh. Black blood being her sword. Her gigormous sword. Yeah. So they kill this scalvered queen and she pulls out of the scalvered queen's head this thing called a scalvered stone. Uh-huh. If you don't know what it is, but it's like sort of like glowing with a sickly light and like it looks sort of wet all of the time. Mm. And And there's like- It's an organic mass, it says. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's gross. And the Scalbert queen has in her hive like all of this other treasure, like legitimately like there's carts and horses amounts of treasure. Like it's not just like some piles. And the rest of her troop- chests. Yes, and the rest of her troop is like, so what else do you want? And she's like, no, nah, I'm goodbye. And she just bounces. She just fucks off. And like, okay, so Fennis is the one who says, oh, that's the only one you want. Or whatever, like, that's the yeah. only thing you want to take. And she's like, yes. And she's very just like fed up to here. And we find out later that she's really worried that if she like draws out the goodbye and explains herself or whatever, she'll talk herself out of it and she'll chicken out and she won't right. make her dreams come true. So yeah. she just fucks off. Yeah. And she, the next time we see her, she is entering this town called Thune. Mm-hmm. And she's done all of this research and decided that this is the place. Like, this is, like, for all of these different reasons, the place she needs to move to to, like, accomplish her dreams. Mm-hmm. And she's got this, like, magical instrument and she's following, like, basically magical radio waves until she gets yeah. to, like, the perfect ley line combination. Basically, yeah. It's like, what are those, like, um, those rods boy. you used to find Oh, yeah, the water. divining rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like oh that. Like, she's just The other day, I don't remember mm-hmm. when we were talking about it, but I was trying to say divining rod to Jenny and Katie, and I did instead say sounding rod. And it was oh, a it was same. a whole thing that a journey I had to go on to dig myself out of that <laughs> and into the correct realm. <laughs> Not the same thing, no. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> oh my god. So her divining rods lead her to this like old, decrepit, broken down stable. God, it's a shit but, like, show. It's filthy. It hasn't been used in forever. It's rotting. And, yeah. Like, literally, like, she tries to go up up the ladder at one point and, like, the rungs crumble away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so she asks this, like, delightful, incredibly old lady who's, like, sweeping what she calls the cleanest doorstep in the food. Uh-huh. Um, because she's just, like, she's one of those, like, old ladies that's, like, always outside sweeping. Mm-hmm. Because she's got to keep, she's got to keep an eye on the neighborhood. Right, exactly. <laughs> she's got to keep amazing, her ear to the ground, Delaney does. <laughs> yeah. And so Lainey tells her like, hey, this building's owned by whatever person. It's irrelevant. Um, and you can probably find him at like this bar yeah. or whatever. And she's like, well, it's kind of early in the day. 10 a.m. A bar. Like, oh, like, maybe I'll go. And like, sure enough, he's there. Yeah. My favorite thing is every time this dude is spoken of, Everybody has to say that he's impotent and an alcoholic. <laughs> and yeah. it's hilarious. It's very funny. 
so she gets there and she's like hey is this yours and he's like or is this sable yours and he's like yeah and uh people have tried to buy it before and they don't realize that the the prop like i know it's a shithole but the property is real valuable and like they just don't offer me enough and it's going to be a a serious business person yeah. to try and serious and offers only yeah and like again this place is not on the high street it's run down it's rotting and but it's got those layboys she needs it does. and i don't know what i loved about this is that like we'll get into it more later but like i feel like one of the common denominators is just like misfits with a dream yeah and you know obviously a, bi- a big theme is finding your place or making your place and yeah. found family and all that kind of thing but viv is just like no i've got this dream and i really think that with the right pieces i can just make it happen so it's yeah. not on the high street but it's close to the high street yeah and it's got those lay lines i need and so and like i'm sorry but in the prologue i was like viv no that's not all you want no i don't care how many monies you've saved like one of those treasure chests would really help if something goes wrong in business <laughs> i know <laughs> like i thought viv. the same thing later in the book i was like yeah one of those treasure chests would come really in handy would be right great <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I I actually kind of love that she wasn't like, I'm going to take this very valuable to me thing. And also she's like, I have worked for this. I have saved for this. Like it wasn't a treasure trove that she found. She didn't do this because she like killed a dragon. Mm -hmm. She did this because she saved her pennies and saved her dimes Mm -hmm. and worked towards her goal. And I feel like if she would have taken some of that treasure, it would have undermined that a bit. yeah, Yeah. Because like, the whole thing was just like her wanting a thing and working towards it and being persistent for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. I really loved that. That's really, really so true. So she like flashes some platinum at this dude and he's like, oh, you're a serious business person. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, cool, I'm going to give you this much dollars and you're going to be back here at noon with the deed. And that's just how it's going to be. And he's like, oh. Or else I'm gone. I, and I really don't see anybody else lining up behind me to take this off <laughs> your hands. Right. And the other thing I love is that pretty much at every turn, she's doing this, um, she's doing this like analysis of her life before and her life after. So mm-hmm. in this interaction, she's thinking to herself, oh, yeah, Black Blood is, is you know, leaned up against the booth right behind me. And in a totally different life, I would have handled this negotiation very differently and just as effectively, yeah. but I'm, I'm forging a new path. And so yes. that's not the way I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it outright and I'm going to be, you know, a, a good right. stand up orc. And like, she's also really intentionally not trying to like lean into like, I'm an orc, I'm big and scary and intimidating yeah. going along with that, like. Uh, let me get my sword thing. She's like, I'm I'm doing this negotiation and, you know, like, yeah. And yeah, it's just delightful. Yeah. So she gets the building and she goes back to it and she has to like, sleep cool. there. <laughs> yeah. That's real gross. <laughs> and very um, notably, she, even though she can't actually get into the loft that said broken ladder leads to, but she uses both hands. I loved this. Like, it was such a tiny detail. But she uses both yeah. hands and she throws Black Blood up into the loft, like, where she can't see it anymore. 
Yeah. And I was just like, oh, Travis Baldry. Ah, that was yeah. really good. Like, shit, man. I don't know. It just yeah. hit me for some reason. Yeah. Well, and like that being a theme, like we'll talk about it more later, but that being a theme of her just like over and over consciously choosing a different way. I loved so and much. And doing it wholeheartedly. Book. It was both hands, yeah. you know, yeah. like, oh, Okay, so then she needs a she needs to find somebody who can turn this into a building that will inhabit yes. folks. <laughs> yes, because nobody wants to come experience her venture, which we don't know at the time yeah. what it is. I mean, the title does give us a clue. Yeah. But she has not told us what her venture is, but you know, this building needs to be fixed up. Yeah. So she goes down to the dock works. And then and she takes a lunch. Yeah, she just and watches she just people. For like a while. Yeah. I've never seen a being eat apples slower than Viv did in this scene. <laughs> she had three apples <laughs> and they got her from morning to lunch. <laughs> uh, she basically is looking for the right person. And she's like, I going to know what it looks like when I see it. Mm -hmm. And she, she ends up approaching this, uh, in this world, they're called Hobbs. I feel like there may be some sort of hobbity halflingy yeah like a nymph small folk sort of yeah. person they're not gnomes because gnomes do exist in this world right. and are a different thing um but and but it's interesting because she um she says that he's a hob and then says that they are you don't often see hobs because people discriminate against them and call them pucks so i was yes. like oh okay so it's like sort of a you know i don't know it gives you a good picture but yeah. Yeah. Which I also really liked that she would, that Travis was like, oh, like there are these things that exist in this world. This isn't a fantasy world. And also like, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about yeah. them. It's just understood. Like, like yeah. he gave us enough shorthand, and, which was great. Yeah. And actually when she goes to talk to the hob, whose name is Cal, short for Calamity. Um, Calamity. How did I not so name good. one of my spawn Calamity? I don't know, Mel. I'm you need to go back and get there. File some name change like. situations. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. It would be Valor, by and the way. That's definitely obviously. Name obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no question. <laughs> so she. She approaches Cal and she's like, hi, I would like you to come work for me. And he's like, why? Like, you see that I am a hob, right? Like, why are you talking? To and me? I'm so a shipbuilder. Like, well, also, he's like, oh, because she was like, I don't know very much about ships, but it looks like you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And he goes, thanks, I guess. <laughs> he says it really tarnishes the compliment, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she basically is like, look. You keep your work area neat. Your tools are all tidy. You're efficient. You're not here wasting time. Like, I don't know much about woodworking, but like, I need some building done. Woods wood. You seem like the kind of person that I want to come work for me. Also, you kind of seem like the person who keeps doing things, even when it might be wiser not to. Oh, it's so <laughs> And he's cute. like, thanks. Yeah. Again, I guess. <laughs> And he's great because he's not very wordy. And most of the time, if it's an affirmative, he goes, hmm. Yeah, or even if it's a, like, that's his response to almost everything. Yeah. It's just, hmm, yeah. which is great. <laughs> so they go back to the livery and they look at it and he's like, you're out of your goddamn mind. But he Truly. says, hmm, 
and means you're out of her goddamn yes, mind. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and so she like has some sketches that she's done about what she wants. And so he's like looking at the sketches and looking at the space. He's like, okay, cool. Like, I think we can do this. He compliments her sketches like by saying it's pretty good. It's like not bad, basically. And she like blushes from head to toe because she's like this. It's hard to get compliments out of this guy. I don't know him well, but like I do yeah. know <laughs> like that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts problem solving with her. And he's like, I think that yeah. we could turn these stalls into booths with tables. And like, we could do this here and that here. And then she's like, wait, so it sounds like you might take the job. And he's like, I mean, you said I do things when it's props best not to. <laughs> yeah. So this is the point where we find out she wants to open something called a coffee shop. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what coffee is in Thune. Nobody's ever heard of it. It's a gnomish drink. A gnomish sensation. Um, yes. Delicacy. And so <laughs> Cal just refers to it as as her bean water. Bean water! Uh, but like, this is your goal. This is your dream. I'm here for it. Like, we're going to make, I don't understand it, but we're going to make it happen. Yep. So he like gives her this giant ass list of things that he like that they're gonna need like lumber and stone mm-hmm. and you know, all this stuff and then I can't remember if it was the day before or today but she goes to the she goes and rents a um a, like cart. a cart to haul away the debris from the miller and the miller's like smirking at her because she doesn't have a horse because horses don't like orcs or whatever and she's just like cool and like picks up the things and like pulls the she's cart so away hot. and the miller has like Oh my god. The Miller has this like super befuddled look on his face like what? Cuz here's the happened? thing. Orcs are also um people are very prejudiced against orcs. And so this yes. Miller not only charges her too much, but then is like <laughs> dummy, got yourself a cart but you don't have a horse basically. Completely non-verbally, right. obviously. But then she's just like, yeah, go fuck yourself and picks up this cart and hauls it away just with her orc strength. And it's awesome. So good. And like, so good. And one of the things that go between Cal and her is that she's like, I see that you need all of these things. Here's my coin purse. Like, go, please, if you don't mind, go do the orders. And he says, I really don't think we're going to get very good prices if me, the hob, is doing the negotiating. And she goes, you really think I'm going to get better prices? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. ah, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. And this is another one of those moments because he says, you're really going to trust me to, like, not make off with your coin purse. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of, like, keeps looking at him. And he, and he looks her up and down and he's like, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. You're, nah, yeah. I sure, sure wouldn't. Sure wouldn't. <laughs> And then she goes, okay, just for what it's worth, that was my old life. And, like, I would prefer that our relationship not be one where you fear me. So, like, yeah. we're just going to be good to each other. And he's like, okay. And now they're best friends. <laughs> Except no. it's way more nonverbal and, you know, a little scowly. <laughs> so Travis is, does, set, look, y'all, listen, this story is slow like Mel said like we were watching somebody very slowly start a business yeah and a lot of these characters are really taciturn and yet somehow there's just so much detail in this this was his nano project by the way I cannot I found that out and was like well I just need to go delete everything I've ever written for nano what (laughs) wow right 
he just like did this for a nano project and then his friend was like hey actually that's 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 real we should maybe put this out in the world yeah that's incredible anyways yeah back to what i was saying you're right like Like, he just all the characters are very taciturn and yet he manages to imbue everything with so much emotional depth and so much world building without exposition and like we'll talk about thimble probably a lot because she's great but like thimble says maybe 10 words the entire book yeah and like thimble's amazing thimble's a full person full character with like hopes and dreams and desires and literally says 10 words the whole book it's incredible yeah so yeah we're gonna probably just keep talking about how amazing thimble is and also (laughs) and everyone else oh my god so then for like two chapters we watch them fix up this whole thing like the first day she takes that cart and she has to make so many trips getting all the debris and all the bullshit out of there cal comes back and he's like i've got the orders they'll start like trickling in or whatever and you know wow you did a really good job and she's thinking to herself i i'm looking at this place and somehow it being more empty makes this whole thing feel even more daunting and i hate Uh uh yeah but that's the day that the coffee beans arrive, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And she's been, like, trying to explain it. She's like, it's like tea, but it's not really like tea at all. <laughs> and, like, it tastes, well, I can't really tell you what it tastes like. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, fair. That's, yes, all of that's fair. true about coffee. Yes. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you what it tastes like. Yeah. The other important thing that happens at this point in the story is that we meet Lack. God. So... Basically, there is some type of local kingpin called the Madrigal Mm -hmm. who does one of those like, gee, it would really be a shame if something happened to your building. Why don't you pay me so that I don't make something happen to your building sorts of deals? Lack is the charming enforcer. And he tells her that it's just an offering because of the Madrigal's beneficent watchful eye. Exactly. She's like, yes. come on, Lack. Like, don't, don't do that. And that's very how Viv is. She's just like, don't fuck with me, man. Yeah. I know guys like you. Yeah. She's like, clearly you're here to tell me that I need to pay somebody money and I'm not going to. So like, let's just get on with this conversation. Right. And he's like, well, I hope you reconsider. <laughs> um, also, he's like wearing a big hat. Oh, he's got a fancy hat on. Him several <laughs> times, like silhouetted because of his hat. Which oh my I thought God, was really this funny. fancy hat. And she and she describes um, him that way to other people. Like she at one point she asked Lainey about him and Lainey's like, oh, yeah, no, he's part of the Madrigal's crew. You do not want to cross the Madrigal. You're going to need to yeah. swallow whatever I see on your face and just pay them money. Right. And Viv's still like, nah, I feel like I'm really not going to do that, though. <laughs> Yeah. So Lack is basically just like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. I'm here to welcome you. And she's like, oh, it's nice that a city official stops by. And he's like, no, no. (laughs) And he basically is like, I'll be back the first of the month, Mm -hmm. which is like in a month or something. Yeah. She's like, "Mm, okay, we're going to have to deal with that, but whatever. Yeah. So they make the booths, they build a giant table, they redo the whole loft because she's going to be sleeping in the loft. Cal very pointedly says, oh, well, you're going to want a bed and a dresser. And she's like, mm, nah, I'm used to sleeping rough. And he goes, hmm, 
and my you, heart like, just breaks. Yeah, being accustomed to doesn't necessarily mean you ought like, to, he says. You, you like, deserve things because you're a person. Yeah. He doesn't say that. That was Meredith saying No, that, but he was but... thinking it. <laughs> yeah. He was. He absolutely was. Yeah. And she's just like, nah, no worries. We're going to use our energy elsewhere. They put in, like, full-ass glass windows, like, up in the oh, upper yeah. stories. They do the whole roof. Like, this is a crazy, crazy undertaking. Yeah. And they do it together. They do it together. She, He's like, so who else is doing this with me? And she's like, well, I'm strong. And he's like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, they do that. And then towards the end, when it's getting done, she... Um, she puts up a sign. Puts puts up a, a help wanted ad yeah. on the job board. And she basically is just like, she's like, help wanted. Oh, here it goes. Perfect. I don't know how the book opened just there. Nice. Assistant wanted must be willing to learn. Management and food service experience desired. Advancement opportunities. Patience a plus. Wages commensurate. Acquire at the old livery on Redstone afternoon to dusk. So then she's like, I'm very excited about this. It is the morning. And she like, you know, saunters back to her her old livery. I think at some point she like takes down the sign, I believe. Like, I don't think it's yet. Okay. Like she forgets to take down the sign for a while. Yeah, it's a it's a while. Um, But then like nothing happens. And then like. And she's just like the morning pacing around. Going. Oh, Cal has already gotten her the stove. And she was yes. very dubious about this at first. She was just like, the fuck do I need a stove for? And Cal says, just in case your bean water doesn't work out, you might be able to fix people some food. It's just <laughs> a tiny fallback on. And also, you need to stay warm in the winter, dumbass. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Also that. Yeah. And so she she does, in fact, when they get the stove, we'll come back to the assistant, make him coffee yeah. by, like, grinding beans in a mortar and pestle. And then she, like, filters it through a lady's, oh, ladies. stocking. And Cal's, Cal's like, um, and she's like, it's clean, I promise. I haven't, I haven't worn it. Oh, no. Yes, that's what I used for my oatmeal baths when I was covered in poison ivy. Yep, uh-huh. I did, in fact, use those stockings first, though. So I just wasn't <laughs> eating it, I think is the Yeah, difference. you weren't going to eat the oatmeal. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so, and so she like makes in this coffee and then she gets real like nervous right because this is the thing she loves yeah. like she went to this gnomish coffee shop in whatever town and fell in love with coffee with the concept of a cafe spent her entire life working towards this and now she's serving a cup of coffee to somebody else who's never heard of it and she like desperately wants him to have the same experience mm-hmm. and so she's like this isn't going to be as good as it will be when I get the fancy fantasy espresso machine Correct. that is coming. The gnomish contraption because gnomes are inventors, y'all. Gnomes yeah, do shit with are. mechanics that you can't even fathom. And he tries it and he's like, okay, yeah. Hmm. Like, <laughs> and that hmm, sort of means like, I'm not sold, but like I kind of get. Yeah. And my favorite is that they're sitting there and he he keeps on only taking sips when she's looking away, but she notices. (laughs) He's like absolutely drinking it. So anyways, she's pacing around. And because, sorry, the reason I thought of this is because she did that thing that I, uh, I and I hope a lot of other people are guilty of because otherwise I'm just a dumbass of being like, "Mm, I'm bored. Maybe I'll just make this cup of coffee. And then she drinks it. And then she's like, mm, I still don't have anything to do. I'll just make another cup of coffee. So by the time 
That's only you, Mel. I've never in my life. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Listen, She's just vibrating I, by this point. And I drink way too much coffee. I, I usually have two cups happening. So I know, yes. right? And it's like, I know it's bad. I know that I should at least buy decaf or something if I need that no. taste in my mouth. And I never do. And then I'm just vibrating. It's fine. I saw something on the internet that said, um, I'm a 10, but my toxic trait is I think another cup of coffee can fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's me. Oh, that hit me right where I live. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <Yeah. laughs> so anyway, so she's three cups of coffee. In. Yeah vibrating and okay so here's what we learned about this the skeller stone scalbert stone so the scalbert stone there's this like couplet this this ancient poem it basically says something about it will draw the ring of fortune to you Mm -hmm. if you have it Mm -hmm. um and so she like has the stone she's trusted it this far part of her is so like, okay, I put the sign up and somebody's going to show up because that's what the stone's done so far. And part of her's like, nobody's going to show up. It's the first day. This is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Also 30 minutes in and we have just at this point told people about the premise of the Scalvard stone. Oh yeah. Whoopsies. Hello. <laughs> Hi listener. Yeah. Did so- we tell you what book we're talking about? <laughs> we might not have. <laughs> underneath a flagstone in the the floor uh, over the ley lines and the whole idea is like because it says that it'll bring the ring of fortune to her that like her business endeavor will work out and like she'll make yes. money back and it'll all go smoothly basically yes. that's what so she's this thinking is the couplet it says yeah well nigh to thalmic line thalmaturgy is the oh yeah school of magic mm-hmm. it's not important well nigh to thalmic line, the Scalvert's stone of fire draws the ring of fortune aspect of heart's desire. Mm-hmm. So what she has gathered from this research that she has done is that if you have one of these stones, it will it's like good luck. bring you fortune. Yeah. It will make things work for you. So she's sitting there waiting, trusting the stone, and all of a sudden the door opens. And this tall drink of water walks in, okay? Oh, boy. She's got sleek black hair. Let's cut to her chin. She's got some horns. She's got some maroon skin. Ooh, she's got a tail that's like she's sharp. She's wearing a sweater. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to be all she mentions, mm-hmm. all she wears. Mm-hmm. And her name is Tandry. And Tandry is amazing. And this whole attempt at an interview is hilarious yeah because notably tandry doesn't know what she's doing right and tandry is a succubus which is another species or race or whatever that is very misunderstood and people are very prejudiced against it's like they're they they, you know they think they're like manipulative and like just sex bots and stuff is what i gathered yeah and like what tandry says much later in the book is that she's very sensitive to like people's emotions right and intentions and intentions and i presume she can manipulate that somehow mm-hmm. that might be some of what her power is like that warm burst that viv talks about yeah. sometimes like but yeah she's just really sensitive to emotions and intentions but she walks in 
And Viv's like, um, I don't know how to interview. Uh-huh. Um, want hello job? <laughs> and Tandry's like, excuse me, I will be doing the interviewing. Tandry interviews her. It's great. <laughs> At one point, Viv's like, do you have food experience? Food service experience? And Tandry's like, do you? <laughs> Good point. No. Um, But Tandry's willing to learn. And then Viv, very ham-fistedly, is just like, I do have one other question. As you are a succubus, uh, are there any other needs you might have? I've just never worked with a succubus. And, like, she can see Tandry just, like, locking down, just, like, getting really tense and really uncomfortable. And and then Tandry goes, uh, no, I'm not going to vamp off of your customers or whatever. And she's like, that's not what I meant. And like, I of all people should, shouldn't be making a such a, I just really, I fucked this up. Can we start over? And Tandry goes, wait, 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 I don't think that it's necessary to start over. And Viv's like, oh, I fucked it. She's leaving. There's no point in keeping talking because she's bouncing and I'm never going to see her again. Tandry goes, we've covered most of the important parts already. <laughs> she's like, wages commensurate. <laughs> yeah, like, we've, I, we've we're, there's no reason to talk about all this again. We've already done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much are you paying? Right. Oh, my God. And Tandry negotiates. Yes. Which is Excellent. Always negotiate for yourself yes. when you're negotiating a job. Indeed. And so Tandra's like, cool, I'll take the job. And then fucks off. And Viv's like, I don't think I told her a starting date, but I'm also weirdly not worried at all about that. I feel like she's going to yeah. handle it. <laughs> yeah, which she does. She does. It's so great. So Tandra comes back the next day and Viv's like, so... I need, like, cups, I guess. And Tandry's like, well, lucky for you, it's market day. Let's go. And so then they, like, go buy a whole bunch of shit, like, a carpet and, like, wall sconces. Yeah, and, like, chairs and... The stuff, like, all the stuff that she... Then wants to get some tables to put outside on the sidewalk. Oh, my God, it's so cute. It's so cute. And importantly, I feel like, even though... People are prejudiced against succubi in general. One of the things that Viv notes is like, if I were going around this market by myself, everything would be upcharged. I would have to carry it all back on my person. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just ridiculous. But Tandry sort of notices this and takes over all of the negotiations and is able to get a fair price and negotiate delivery into each transaction. And she's, she's just like exactly the thing Viv needs. Yeah. It's just fucking gorgeous. Oh. Yeah, it's so good. And then they go to dinner. No, they go to lunch or something, right? At the Faye place. Yeah. 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 I feel like Faye cuisine is like French patisserie cuisine. Oh, I she was like, like It's like lots of bread. It's like very buttery and delicate. And I was like, oh, so they're eating croissant. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, that might not be what it is but like that's what I thought Absolutely. so they like go have like a lovely delicate like fey lunch well and so Tandry like they're sort of trying to get to know each other Tandry is not offering anything no. at all she's just like my business is my business if you want to share with me cool sauce um but one of the things that she says to Viv is like 
basically, I feel like you were probably a mercenary at some point. And Viv is like, why would you assume that about me? And Tandra's like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. No, I shouldn't have said that. It's super messed up. JK, you're right. (laughs) And it says that Tandra gives her a searching look and then relaxes. I don't know why it was such a romance for me, but it really was. It's these tiny moments. Y'all, listen, Mel was like, what book do you want to talk about? And I was like, I really want to talk about Legends of Lattes. And it's not really a romance, except that it absolutely is. But it's not really, like, I don't know if it qualifies for podcasts. No, fuck yes, it does. Y'all, this book is the most romance romance in the world. There's two kisses, count them, one, two. Oh, God. It, that's it. But one like, is the very oh, last line of the book. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is just like he captured. You know how people say like try to like fall in love with your life or or you know see the romance in your everyday life or whatever. Yes. Uh-huh. That's what this book captures. Yeah. In such a hopeful, inspirational, like fucking wholesome. Yeah. gorgeous way and I yeah. loved it and like so you know funny. they're gonna scissor too at some point you know you just don't need to see it on the page and for once in my life that's fine with me right <laughs> that's the only time Mel will ever say that <laughs> she's gonna go talk about toxic desire next or quite <laughs> important thing that happens is the espresso machine shows up and rune brings it and rune is one of her old cohort of traveling mercenary peoples he's a dwarf um and he like they get back to the shop after lunch or whatever and he's just like there sitting on top of this giant ass crate and she's like oh hi what are you doing here also is that my espresso machine yeah. and he's like i don't know what an espresso machine is but can you please open it so i can find right. out and he's also like i'm i'm really relieved that you are okay with seeing me because i honestly was not sure you would be open to seeing me ever again cuz she just fucked off I mean, y'all. she just she just left. said catch my farts and she was gone yeah is i mean yikes and then she's like you know did you can you apologize to like Galena and the rest of the people for me, except for Fennis? Please just kick him in the balls. Yeah. And then they open the espresso machine and like catch and up. So she like makes everybody coffee. She makes she makes herself an espresso, and then she makes Tandri an americano, and then yes. she's like, "But have you considered a latte?" And everybody's like, "Milk? What do you? What? But you're yeah. gonna put milk? <laughs> and then they try. They're like, "Oh, this is real good." Yeah. Later on, Cal is like, "It's bean water with milk," and she's like, "But I want." Okay, more. just because you said that, you're gonna fucking have one, you old codger. Yeah. <laughs> and he loves it. And then that becomes his drink. That's like what he always gets is a latte. Yeah. It's just great. Also, in this world, latte is named after the barista that invented it. I can't. I love it. I love it so much. Especially because Cal is like, you can't can't fucking try to explain one thing by saying another word I've never heard before, i.e. barista. And then this this sets up one of the very first, like, conflicts in the book because Tandri and Cal both recognize very early on that, like, you can't 
sell people shit that they don't know they need, that they don't know exists. Right. Like, you have to give them an education before you can even expect them to know to be customers. Right. And Viv had this experience where she walked into a full shop Mm -hmm. and had coffee and there was people and it was inviting. And she was like, that's what I want. And she didn't think about the fact that, like, that doesn't just happen. Like, you have to get those people there yeah. somehow. Well, yeah, and it's adorable during this conversation because Tandry's like, honestly, I'm really shocked about this because you you have every other detail like nailed to the floor, but yeah. you didn't think about marketing at all. And Viv's like, I just, I just followed my nose from like three blocks away and then I ended up at this cafe. <laughs> like, I don't and know. And there were like people there. Yeah. And, she's, and Tandry goes, yeah, that's marketing. That's an endorsement people all on there. its own. So you knew that you should stay because other people liked it. And she was like, ah, shit, y'all, what do I do? And this is when we find out that Tandry's an artist, a very nervous artist. And she makes fuck off signage. And it's great. Yeah. And so her idea is we should do a couple of days of free samples and we should post it all over town. We should have like a standing sign on the high street with like an arrow, a fancy, you know, flourished arrow that she makes. Uh And Viv's just like, you're a genius. This is incredible. I never would have thought of this, nor could my hands make that art, you know? And so Tandry's like, just, I just want to prep you because I do think that the first day is going to be real slow slash maybe nobody at all will come in. And Viv's like, I really feel like maybe that won't happen, though. Like, I really hope you're wrong. (laughs) And Tansy's like, well, if it does, though, I just want to make sure that you don't take it personally. It's not because the idea is bad. Right. And it was so it was so caring and thoughtful. And like, I don't know, it was so it was so supportive. But on free sample day, which is day two. Three people in line when they open the door. Yeah. There's a red-faced old washerwoman, a dock hand, and a ratkin. Tiny. There's like a rat, rat person. Yeah. Who's wearing like a chef's coat and he's covered in flour. He leaves clouds of flour <laughs> behind him. It's, it's so, so cute. cute. So the washerwoman's like, okay, cool. I'll have one, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like goes and sits down. And then the dock worker's like, cool, I'll have one, I guess. And like chugs it in four swallows oh, and leaves. And there's like, how? Uh, and the rat can orders a latte and then goes and sits in one of the booths and his little feet are his swinging. His little paws are swinging. So oh my God. And notably, she explains the menu or whatever. And it's just like a paper on the counter because she didn't think this yeah. through either. And he like goes up and he gets on his tiptoes and he looks at the thing. And then he doesn't say anything. He just points at the latte. And then, like, uh-huh. nods at her in thanks and then, like, scurries off to kick his feet and just close his eyes and just lose himself in his latte. Yeah. Oh. It's... And then he brings his empty cup back to the counter like a responsible patron does. That's the one. And leaves. Yeah. And then that's it for the rest of the day. Yeah, but... the, nobody comes in in the afternoon. Viv is, Viv is like, oh, no, it's bleak. And Tandry's like, we're going to do another free sample day. And I feel like we'll probably, you know, hook them in and see what happens. So then second free sample day goes pretty well. Oh, also this um, university student comes in and he's like 
Oh, Hemingsworth. Yes. He refuses to order anything. He just, like, needs to sit there with his books and write notes and stare at his palms for for reasons unknown. And they both they both try to like can can we get you anything? He's like, no, I'm fine, thanks. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm, just no. That's not quite the way that works. And so the second day, the ratkin is back and the washerwoman and is back. The washerwoman with some friends. And more people. Yeah. And more people come. Mm-hmm. And the ratkin once again has his latte and loves it and leaves clouds of flour behind oh, him. He's so and the university student comes back, and this is when Tandry finds out by doing a little, a little tiny bit of a warm aura at him that he's studying ley lines. And the ley lines at this place are given off real weirdly uh, readings because everybody everywhere else, they just like they pulse. And here it's like a solid energy emission. And yeah. Viv's, Viv's whole, like her, all of her sphincters clench worried about being found out because she hasn't told anyone about the scalvard stone it's a big secret and she's like oh my god what if he finds out Mm -hmm. he could destroy everything blah 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 also why isn't he ordering food yeah or well drinks because they don't have food (sighs) and he's like i just don't like hot beverages and she's like okay but you have to buy something if you're gonna say (laughs) yeah and that's when they add because okay viv has also went and got a slate with chalk and she got multiple colors of chalk because she thought Tandry might be able to work some of her magic with multiple colors. Which she does. She's right. And one of my favorite things, I would never have thought to do this if I was writing this book. My instinct would have told me it's redundant. Don't do it. But for some reason in this book, it works so well. Every time they put something on the menu, he reads the whole menu out. And it, uh-huh. it starts at the beginning, like, and it's all the prices. It's like, you know, coffee, one half bit, latte, and it it all has descriptions of it. He reads everything on there. And then yeah. what they add right there is you must be a paying customer to use the dining area. Yeah, which they, like, wipe off the next day. Yeah. <laughs> they just add it. Just, <laughs> just for having to which is very funny. Oh, my God. So then things start really picking up. Oh, so that, and so that was the other thing. Hemingsworth was like, I'm not opposed to buying something. Right. You only sell hot beverages. I don't like hot beverages. If you had literally anything else, I would buy Like a it. food maybe. And, right. And she goes, hmm, hey, ratkin person who is covered in flour. Do you know, do you know about things baking? about baking? Are you a baker? And he's like, why, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. And he says that with a very eager nod. Mm-hmm. Yes. He says. Again, 10 words. <laughs> and so she says, do you think you might be able to do something, you know, like that here? And he says, he, he like nods his head. And then she's and like, yeah, she's like, okay, uh, so, you know, we could maybe work this out. And then he nods again and he goes, Tomorrow. And then leaves. And she's like, I don't know what that means, but I feel like it's going to work out. Scalvard Stone hasn't, you know, gone wrong yet. <laughs> so he comes back the next day this with fucker. the cinnamon roll that is regularly described as bigger than Viv's head. I and I just need us to take a minute to think about an that. An orc head. Because Viv is an orc. She's, she's probably seven two feet, feet tall. taller. Yeah. Minimum. And the cinnamon roll is regularly as big as or bigger than and she wanted to charge two bits for it and tandy was like fuck no four bits ma'am 
four bits minimum. <laughs> and the other thing that um, Travis does so well, mm. which I think just like fits right in with everything else that we've been talking about, is like the way he uses language to describe these things. When he, when Thimble showed up, the Ratkin's name is Thimble. Oh yeah, yeah. When Thimble shows up with the cinnamon roll, I felt like I could smell it. Absolutely. When th- later on, Thimble makes the croissants with chocolate in them. And I felt like I was there when he opened them up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like Travis Baldry is just so good at. The sensory descriptions. The sensory descriptions and indulging in those lush descriptions of simple things. Yeah. Which just leads to the reason that I love this very slow book about somebody opening a coffee shop. Yeah. But it's, it feels like I'm there. It feels like. I'm smelling those things. I'm hearing Pendry's loot. I'm smelling the, you know, what, it, like, it's just incredible. So they like, there's like multiple pages of them, like enjoying this cinnamon roll. Yeah. And then Thimble hands her a very long list of things that he will need to make the cinnamon roll. Well, so first she says, does three silvers a week sound good for you to do this here full time? And then he goes, free coffee? And then she's like, yeah, Thimble, you know, however many lattes a day you want, like <laughs> unlimited coffees. Yeah. He's like, yes, Do you I'm want me in. to bathe you in coffee? Let a bitch know. <laughs> like, and then he takes her shopping for everything. And again, he's like communicating by like pointing at things and like. They go to this like spice dealer. It's mm-hmm. like this old man who sells spices. Out of his house. And out of his house. And like, that's where they get the cinnamon. Later, she's looking for cardamom for a new recipe. And she's like, nobody knows what cardamom is. And then she like, again, goes to this like weird old man's house. And he's like, oh, yes, cardamom. Here. Yeah, he goes, like, oh, you're shopping just... for th- for Thimble, huh? Doing errands for Thimble. And she's like, yeah, he's a really good baker. And he goes, Thimble's a genius. Like, yeah. you will. Which he is. You will put some respect on his name, that old spice monger said. <laughs> Yeah. So and his house and again like we're there for five seconds, but like the the like lush oh, descriptive yeah. words like you can smell his house, the spicy layered sense of all of the different like it's just so good. So Thimble the next day shows up, he starts making cinnamon rolls. People are wandering in off the streets while the cinnamon rolls are baking because they smell so good. And the people are like, I don't know what this is. I just need to be in here. What I guess that guys one, he says. He says, I'll have one of whatever you have. It's not on the menu. He can just smell it. (laughs) He like walks in with his dazed expression on it. It's so good. So he makes these cinnamon rolls that are again as big as Viv's head. And they sell out within like 15 minutes. Absolutely. And luckily he's already making another batch. And this continues for the rest of the afternoon, which takes care of the afternoon slump that Viv was so worried about. It keeps bringing people in off the street and like that's the other thing like i feel like i feel like <sighs> he did such a good job of showing like really good organic growth yeah like she started with what she knew she had just enough staff to do what she knew and then she was like i see a hole here and i feel like i mm-hmm. i know a person who might be able to fill the hole let's do that now and like that's i think and that's then, why the menu works yeah and so, like, in another little bit, they're, they're having these conversations about the cinnamon rolls because they sell out so fast. And, like, I wish there was a way we could keep them. I wish they would keep longer. Mm. I wish we could bake them. And then, and Thimble's like, hmm. And then 
he like shows up with another list. This is why we need the cardamom. Yeah. And he sends Viv shopping again. And then he makes biscotti. He invents biscotti. Which we know is biscotti. He invents biscotti. Um, so they're saying he like makes this like flat loaf and then he bakes it again and they're he hands them these these flat stale pieces of bread and they're like what is this and he like encourages them to dunk it in the coffee and it's delicious and again this is a result of them saying oh here is this need we're going to solve this need by having a jar of biscotti yeah. because then we can prep a bunch and then we don't need to be constantly mm-hmm. we'll have something in between bakes or whatever right. And they call them thimblets, which is just adorable. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, like, at some point, Tandry and Cal meet because, because oh, my God. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about the sign. Oh, fuck. The, what, the thing that made me cry the in my kitchen. The thing that made Melody cry. The thing yes. that made me so, spontaneously cry and have to explain to my family why I was crying. Yeah. So Cal asks Viv. When they're building the place, he's like, what are we going to call this place? Like, do you have a name? And she's like, how did I not think of a name? Yeah. And he's like, well, you could call it Viv's place. And she's like, I don't really want to have my name on it. And he's really nervous he, when he's saying, like, these suggestions. Yeah. And, and, and then they're like, we could call it oh, Calamity yeah. Coffee. That has a nice ring to it. Which, like, yes, it does. I would 1,000% go to a Calamity Coffee. Frankly, I'm, I'm angry that I don't have one in town. I would yes. be there all the time. Constantly. And they don't decide on anything. No. And then right before they open, Cal shows up very shyly with this big, big thing wrapped up. And he's like, you don't have to keep it. You don't have to keep it. I just had some extra time. You know, no big deal. Obviously, it's a huge deal, right? Huge. He's trying to play it off. And he opens up this package and it's a sign for the shop. And he came up with the name Legends and Lattes. And so it's printed in script. And there's like a, a, a her sword in between uh-huh. the line, like an etching of and her sword. And it's hand carved. He hand, hand carved, carved this thing. And like it, it hangs on the hooks perfectly, which means he like had to have come by and measured it at some point. I chills just... all over my body, just <sighs> crying. <laughs> at the sink (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was so sweet but like tendry and cal have this moment where tendry's like oh yeah i remember what this place looked like before it's good work and cal like you know puffs up a little bit but he tries to act real cool about it (laughs) it's so cute and then the last day he's like well i guess i'll be off because you know you don't need a carpenter anymore or whatever and viv adorably is just like well i certainly hope you come by though like you can't you can't just fuck off forever because I think we're friends now, kinda. Yeah. And I wouldn't wanna not see you anymore. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I might just uh might just do that. <laughs> and then like every time he comes by, like there's this delightful little interchange, like him trying to pay for things and her not letting him, and then like him sneakily trying to leave money places and like her putting it back in his pocket. So and like cute. it's just it's great. So cute. So oh also. Yes. The first night she slept there, and then, like, later on, they keep on hearing these, like, thumps and bumps, and, like, at one point they leave a cake outside and it disappears, and they're like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and the thumps and bumps are on the roof, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then one day, she and Tandry are sitting there, and a fucking dire cat walks in, which, from my knowledge of Game of Thrones, is in fact a dire wolf, but a cat. So it's a giant a cat, ass, yes. like, I don't know, pony-sized cat. Pretty much. And she just, she, they like look at it 
And they're both like, do we try to shoo it away? Like she and Tandry. And <laughs> Biff just thinks. But like, I don't really want to shoo it away because it's a giant <laughs> fucking cat. No. And Viv's like, I'm just going to trust the Scalvard Stone. I feel like yep. I've got to trust it. It's going to be fine. The very first day Thimble works, um, Amity, Tandry names the cat, walks in, and Thimble immediately just, like, stills. <laughs> he freezes. <laughs> and, and Viv has this, like, oh, shit, yeah. we have a big old cat and a rat. Yeah. How did I not think about this? But it's but fine. it's fine. Everything's fine. The Scalvard Stone knew it was fine. Right. Um, so, yeah. like, this book just, like, proceeds again at a very slow, like, almost at a day today like who is coming in and getting coffee mm-hmm. and it's really lovely yeah lack is still a threat yes he stops by a couple more times just be like hey i hope you haven't forgotten yeah. he shows up with like a bunch of thugs at one point to be like hey like look we have some muscles right. and one and- of um one of the thugs comes over to sexually harass tandry and viv's trying to deal with that too and so it finally they're getting to the end of the month and so Viv calls up her old friend, Rune, who was the one that showed up with the espresso maker. Mm. He left her like this stone. I was like, if you want to get in touch with me, just throw the stone in the fire and, and we'll come. And so her whole old troop comes up, not Fennis the asshole, but no. the other three. And so she, she and Tandri and Rune and Galena and... I don't remember his name, one, but he's a stone fae and he's quiet. Yeah. They're talking and Galena's like, I don't... What's the problem? We'll just fuck him up. Like, she's like... yeah. A tiny gnome covered in knives. She's amazing. I want to be her. Honestly. And and Viv's like, I don't really want to do that. I don't really know if I can explain why. And Tandry's like, no, I got this. And Tandry's basically like, look, Viv wants to be a new person. And yeah, we could go fuck these people up with a sword this once. And and then yeah, she could go do this one other thing just this once. And then before you know it, people aren't here for their coffee. People are here because now Viv runs the name. Because it's Viv's territory. She, because it's her territory. And like, that's like, once she crosses that line, she can never uncross yep. it. And Viv's like, yes, those are the words that I was not able to say. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But at the same time, she's still conflicted because she's like, I also, every part of my being says I'm not going to fucking stand down from bullies. Like, I can't, I don't think I can yeah. do it knowing that I could just so the- murder them in the face. <laughs> Right. And like, I'm not going to pay money to like have my business. And so the quiet one's like, we're talking about the magical, right? I've done some work for the magical. I cannot say any more than that. That's correct. But let me talk to some people. And so what ends up happening is they, he sets up a meeting for Viv and the magical. Mm -hmm. And so Viv shows up at the street corner Mm -hmm. At the appropriate time and lack puts a hood on her face mm-hmm. and takes her into this warehouse and then they go down into this tunnel and mm-hmm. then they walk in the tunnel and then they come up out of the tunnel to the madrigal's house office like we're unsure exactly um what it is and viv mm-hmm. is very confused and i just i want to read some of this please. description because it's so please, good please 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 she said, Viv removed the hood from her head and took in what was before mm-hmm. her. Well, I guess I wasn't expecting that. The room was cozy. A pair of huge stuffed armchairs sat before a small, tidily bricked fireplace with an ornate folding screen, the low twinkle of flames showing behind. 
Polished tables flanked the chairs, one holding a tea service heavily illustrated with twining plants. A large gilt-framed mirror hung above the fireplace, red velvet drapes bordered big paneled windows. Enormous bookshelves towered against the walls, positively crammed with thick volumes. Crocheted doilies covered a long low table and a luxurious carpet was soft underfoot. A tall elderly woman sat ensconced in one of the armchairs, her silver hair in a severe bun, her face regal but not unkind. Not unkind. She was crocheting a fresh doily and took her time completing a round before absolutely looking at them. And this is the part where I said, well, I would die for the magical. Same. Or to be the magical, Same. one or the other. Same. And, and it's so great because... Viv is just like, well, this is a surprise, but I don't hate it. And then the madrigal is like, listen, I got a visitor and this might be surprising given our current circumstances, but I don't abide assholes. And like Fennis came, he told me some shit and Viv's like, great. So. But also Fennis is an asshole. Yeah. And so I'm more inclined to be on your side. Yeah. On principle. Uh-huh. Especially since she says... Just because I don't like that. Yeah. And she says, like, she says that we are, we're very similar, just on opposite trajectories, you know, because she, Viv started right. as the mercenary, became, uh, you know, straight-laced business person. And the Madrigal, I think, started as, like, you know, some sort of domestic whatever, and then became a kingpin of a territory. Yeah. She said, you know, you and I aren't so different. Well, you're certainly taller. <laughs> But we've both journeyed between extremes of expectation. I've simply traveled in the opposite direction. I feel a certain kinship with that sort of ambition. (gasps) So she's like, you have a scalvert stone. And Viv's like, yep. And Viv says, are you going to take it from me? And she goes, I feel like it really wouldn't do me any good. Like, right. Like, you clearly have done the research. It is like. In this city, that is the place that it will work. So, like, it's not going to help me to take it away from that. Mm-hmm. You, frankly, are, like, bringing more business to my sector of the city, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Yep. Like, I'm kind of fine with the status quo. Yeah. However. Just, like, I want you to know that I know. Yes. And also, like, hey, this Fennis guy. He's a problem. To, he's a problem. And also, hi, you're supposed to be giving me Right. And so she's like, I don't want to, like, and, and Viv says, and, you know, with all due respect, I don't want to pay you. And so she goes, right. well, I appreciate that, uh, but expectations must be seen right. to. And so it yes. doesn't have to be a monthly due. We can come up with some other some other sort of offering. Well, she wants a weekly delivery of cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> she loves them both cinnamon rolls. I can't. <laughs> so so she sends one of her henchmen, including the asshole that sexually um was like sexually assaulting Tandry, ah. to go pick up her cinnamon rolls every week. It's incredible. It's, so it's fucking incredible. And I love it. And so they they sort of okay. Question: yeah. Serious Tell question. Me everything. Who would play the kingpin in a movie? If the answer is anything other than Meryl Streep, you gotta explain yourself. Okay, 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 okay. There is one other person I'm thinking. Um, that ah, white-haired lady. She's oh, what's her name? Gosh darn it! She was in a spy movie. Uh oh, we're gonna get into oh Helen. What's that's her face? That's the one. Helen, okay, I will also accept Helen. Yeah, Mary. that's the, I think, maybe the only other one, other than Queen Judy Dench, maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Although, okay, Judy Dench is a queen. I don't know if she has the stature to be the magical. That's fair. Although they make Tom Cruise look tall. This is very so. true. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Yeah. Okay. Helen Mirren. Thank you. Oh, God. Helen going to murder yeah. me. Okay, so now it's it's getting down to, you know, problems because it's obvious that, like, Fennis has something afoot. And so... Shows up at one point and, like, casually drops the expression ring of fortune mm-hmm. into the conversation, mm-hmm. which is, like, one of the lines from that couplet mm-hmm. that's sort of like a, hey, like, I know something, you should be worried. Right. And she's like, ah. Yeah. And... Hemingsworth, Hemingsway, whatever yeah. his name is, she calls him Hem, is setting wards. And he's like, Can I just put up a ward just to like, you won't notice it all. I just it's just a research like, ward. Study it. Yeah. And she's like, Cool. Actually, can you do a second one? Yeah. And so she has him set up a ward that will alert her if Fennis shows An up. An anti Fennis ward. It's great. Yeah. Which he does. And it's on her hand. And so she wakes up feeling like there's like a fish hook pulling her hand. Yeah, he said it was going to be a gentle alert. It was was not, but it was effective. So like, I'm not going to throw stones. (laughs) So she goes downstairs and is like, "Uh, hey there, pal. Yeah. Fucking And he's like trying to be all like, like, like. Like you did a bad on me. Yeah. Right. Like you cheated us out of this thing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like trying to be all tough guy. And then Amity shows up. And like, kind of also runs him off. Oh my god! Which is great. Amity is so great. Amity has become like the shop mascot, and it's fantastic. And Amity they make her bed in the corner that she refuses to lay on very pointedly, and she'll like glare yeah. at them as she walks by it. Yeah. They'll like put treats on the bed, and she'll like go over there, and like very carefully take the treat off the bed, and then walk away. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So and she she's a magical dire cat. Yes. Like, I, it is never explicitly said, I feel like maybe she phases in and out of existence. Like, she doesn't walk through a door. She doesn't, like, she'll just appear. That's interesting. And people will be like, how did you get here? I didn't see you show up. So she could very well just be quiet. But, like, I feel like she is a little bit magical in that, like, she can show up when she's No, I I hadn't thought of that, but I think you're right because um, she's so attached to that gnome who's obviously a time traveler. Yes. And like, <laughs> like, I feel like they've been buds for, you know, centuries. Because yes. Sorry, everyone. There's this gnome that comes to play chess and like Tandry can't figure out who he's playing because he, she can't see him moving the other side's pieces and also nobody's sitting there. And when they ask him about it, he says, oh, no, I, I moved the, those pieces. It was just um a while ago. And they're like, the right. fuck does that mean? Right. And, he's, and then he'll say things. Like later on, they like majorly renovate the shop, and he's like, "Yeah, it looks just like it used to." And she's like, "Well, I mean, we made a couple of significant changes." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess from your perspective, from your perspective." And so Amity, the, one of the only places that she'll like curl up and go to sleep is at this gnome's feet while he's playing chess against his former self. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. So we know that the Fennis problem is a problem. And it's going to continue being a problem. And it's a, he like fucks off, but like he's obviously not done. And also throughout this time, like Tandry has been becoming more and more of a partner type figure. She's not an employee. She's never been an employee. Never. But like Viv is telling her more. She tells her about the Scalvard Stone. Tells Cal about the Scalvard like, Stone. 
she sort of reads them into that at one point I don't remember when it happens she like Tandri very awkwardly asks her if she wants to go have a picnic <gasps> after work yeah she like packs this delightful like covered basket that has like cheese and bread in it and they like have this lovely little picnic yeah it's amazing okay so then after that happens the ward won't work anymore but they know that right. Fennis... well, so sorry what oh, I was just trying to say was like while all these other things are happening like Tandri and Viv are like having conversations about things and like spending more time together at one point Tandri she like walks Tandri home after work because it's dark and she wants her to be safe oh. and just like this is happening yeah. in the background like and like after the so, picnic yeah. they she goes up to her room for no reason like they just like Tandri uh-huh. shows her her whole deal and then they like awkwardly stand there and then Viv says but like there's this silence and then she's like and before <laughs> the narration says and before her friend could say anything else she like put her hand on her shoulder and she was like i hope i never make you run because she finds out that like tandry tried to go to university and everybody was fucking awful because she was a succubus and so she left right and like listen that was an almost kiss like that's what was happening right then like there was a and again, like Travis Baltry didn't even come out and say that, but like you knew that was yeah. like there was just like this long moment where they were staring at each other and then they both sort of panicked and were like, uh, friends, right? Uh-huh. Bye. See you at work tomorrow. <laughs> and then it works the next day. They have this like morning, this dreamy morning where they're opening the shop and they're like moving past each other and they're very aware. And, like, heightened awareness uh, of the other person's existence oh, but so not good. saying anything and like oh it's just so it's so amazing um meanwhile yeah. in this like the gang is getting together sequence there's been this uh former farmhand who now wants to be a bard and he uh-huh. asks permission to entertain there and the first day he flops hard and like well he shows up with like a theremin basically like it's like some type of like mod it's, it's it's like a modern loop. Like an electric like sounds, loop, basically. Yeah, it sounds real weird and harsh, and everybody's like, uh... Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, and just, like, bolts. Uh-huh. <sighs> and every time he talks about he sh- coming back or doing something different, he looks like he's going to throw up because he's so nervous. Yeah. But over time, we watch him get more comfortable at the shop, and we watch Viv um, encourage him to, like, put out a hat for donations. And then she says, like, why don't you bring that weird loot back? Because I think that now they know you, they might be more open to, like, different stuff. Right. And it's just so great because we watch him go from, like, I'm going to throw up on the spot. I'm being the bravest I've ever been in my life to, like, now I'm getting a chair to sit down in and be all saucy with my folk songs to having, like, groupies coming into the shop. Yeah, so, like... These girls keep coming into the shop just like super <laughs> casually, like, oh, it's just seeing Pendry was here. Like, oh, is Pendry here? And so Viv's like, dude, we're putting you on staff yes. four nights a week. I'm putting up a sign. Like, I can't handle all these people just like milling around. And Pendry is flabbergasted. He's like, wait. He's like, wait, you want to pay me to make the music? I just do this though for you. And she's like, well, it would need to be more regular. Like you would need to have a schedule or whatever. But like, yes, you are offering a service that is valuable. And that's the other thing that I love about this book is that it shows how capitalism can be done right. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's always making sure that everybody feels valued, not only for their skill, but also monetarily. Like, she's open to to letting people in and, like, you know, truly become partners later on. She she gives credit where credit is due instead of being... And she doesn't assume that she knows everything and has all the right answers. She's like, oh, you're the expert in this. If you're saying this, I'm going to choose to listen to you. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's excellent. So one night that Pendry is playing, there's a crowd yeah. and the, the Madrigal herself shows up, this tall, stately woman. And, and nobody knows that the Madrigal is this lady, right? Like the, the identity of the Madrigal is very secret. So she's like, uh, hello, ma'am, that I've never met. Total before. stranger to Absolutely me. Absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> welcome to my establishment, the person I've never talked to. Uh-huh. And the Madrigal is basically just like, um, hey something's about shit's going down like you need you need to be on your guard can i please have five chocolate croissants now i will leave because also thimble invented chocolate croissants uh, invented fucking chocolate croissants and so tandry's like well i'm not leaving you alone obviously obviously it's time for us to do a sleepover and i live here now with you and viv's like no i want to protect you and i need to keep you safe and you need to be away and tandry's like no i'm also going to keep you safe because i'm a partner and it's the best and this is the part where Tandry's like, oh, gee, if only my ability to sense intentions and emotions from long distances away was at any point useful. <laughs> and Viv's like, oh, and Tandry's like, fine. How about if I end up in mortal danger, I'll hide behind you. And Viv's like, okay, fine. It's so cute. And so then they have to get so down cl- to their small clothes, everyone. Well, yes, but they climb the ladder. Oh, yeah. And Viv- Tandry's oh, yeah. like dude, where's your bed? Well, do you sleep like yeah. this? And Viv's like, uh, yeah, I guess that kind of is weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and Tandry, like, it's either now or before, but at one point she says, you're really, really threatened by the Madrigal and everything that this, you know, threat represents. And I think one of the reasons is because you've made your whole life downstairs. Mm-hmm. And for a person who loves reading, I don't see a single fucking book up here. You don't have a fucking yeah. bed. Like maybe if you invested in yourself and you spent some time, if you spent some intention on your off hours, this wouldn't right. be as big of a deal if your whole life wasn't yeah. in the shop. So this is one of those other moments. Um, but they get down to their small clothes. They do. And then they... and then they are lying back to back and Tandry's tail is there. Mm-hmm. And it's very awkward in a delightful and then sort of in a way. The silence, Viv thinks that Tandry might have fallen asleep, but Viv says, Tandry. And after a little while, Tandry goes, Yeah, Viv. She goes, I'm really glad you stayed. And Tandry goes, goes, I know. I know. <laughs> It's the best. So this happens for a couple of nights, and then shit goes sideways, and there's a dire cat on Viv's chest waking her up in the middle of the night, and there's a magic fire. It's like it's like that yeah. Game of Thrones um, fire in the barrels underneath the city or whatever. Yeah, it's it's an arcane fire, That's so like water isn't really doing anything. And it's moving very fast and there's nothing they can do to to make it stop. They can't yeah. put it out. Yeah. And and they're sort of trapped. And so 
Tandry's like throwing mugs at the windows, trying to like break a window. And Viv's like, no, nah, that's not going to work. And she uses a bench to like leverage the bar on the door up. Mm-hmm. And then like, gr- oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. First, she grabs Tandry uh-huh. in her arms and jumps out of the loft. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's Mary Ugh. carrying Tandry, throws is them off not the in loft. clothes. She's in her small clothes. <laughs> right, she like grabs her clothes in her arms, but like can't get dressed. It's incredible. And Viv just grabs her and jumps out of the loft. And then and she then... has to do a fire obstacle course toward the door. Her whole legs are getting burnt. She manages she to get outside and put Tandry down. Tandry outside. And then goes back in <gasps> to get her lockbox. And Tandry's so And then mad. goes back in again <gasps> to get the espresso machine. And Tandry's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Tandry's like, you should not have risked that. And then, and then Viv says, like, well, I'm glad we didn't lose everything. And she's like, yeah. Like, it's really nice that you got your money and your espresso machine. And then Viv goes... That's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So sure enough, Fennis had showed up, stole the scalvered stone from where it was hiding, lit the place on fire. It is completely burned to the ground. Completely. There's nothing left. These couple of chapters are harrowing. They are. They're just as slow and detailed and methodical as the rest of the book is. It's just about tragedy. Yeah. The madrigal shows up. Like, so the fire is happening in the middle of the night and then it's yeah. the morning and like there's onlookers and people are like showing up and like Lack bringing, is passing out like clothes and stuff. Lack brings them new clothes. Oh. Like people are showing up bringing and like the magical is there yeah. and watching. And I don't remember if it's here or later, but she's like this business. Oh, it's later. I'll wait. Yeah, to see it's that later. later. Um, so then Viv, like in a stupor, stupor is like, put on a cart. She's totally in shock. She doesn't really register what's happening to She's her. She's burnt all to hell. She's got first degree burns mo- yeah. on most of her body. Gets taken back to Tandry's house. Tandry washes her very carefully because again, she's covered in burns and puts her to bed in Tandry's bed. And then Tandry sits there and watches her and makes sure she's okay for like eight hours. For so long! <laughs> And then Viv is just sort of like grieving and healing for about three days. And like people are like, okay, so what's the rebuilding plan? And she's like, what are you talking about? The stone is gone. Like, I don't have any fucking money left. I don't have money. Right. Like everything is gone. And this is where like the getting the team together is just like Cal's just like, nah, dude, we're rebuilding this. Like, I have a wagon. We're cleaning this shit up. And Pendry, turns out Pendry. His family are stonemasons. So, like, yeah. he shows up with a fuck ton of stones and just, like, rebuilds a bunch of shit. Yeah. And, like, the Madrigal sends a cartload of roof tiles. Uh, like, the just, like, the, the whole community, community her, comes her together. Her community comes together and rebuilds this place. And it's wonderful. And also, I think this is when she's talking to the gnome. Oh, um, yeah. And, and he says everything like, will work out. Yeah. That's one of the things he like, says. And she's like, yeah, well, like, the rebuilding's coming along pretty well. And he goes, that's not what I meant, but sure, okay. Yeah, he's talking about Tandry and her. Yeah. <sighs> and so one of the things she does is she's like, hey, Cal, like, while we're rebuilding this, can we talk about upstairs a little yeah. bit? And he's like, yes, I would love I would love nothing more, that. Cal says. Yeah. So they rebuild the whole, the whole thing. thing. 
whole and thing. They, oh, 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 and Thimble had been asking for a bigger kitchen and they couldn't do it yeah. in the space. There was like no space. So they and rebuilt so they it just... with like a fuck off kitchen for Thimble. Yeah. And he's, and the way that he, that, that Travis Baldry describes Thimble like wriggling with glee is like, just, and like scurrying back and forth, uh, like oh looking God, at his new so ovens. Good. Oh, it made so me good. die. It made me die. Yeah. Um, and so they like are rebuilding this thing. They build Pendry a stage to like just like a little platform with <laughs> yeah. a curtain to sit on while he's playing. And oh, oh it's so good. So um, this is the part where she's talking to the old guy, and she mentions the scalbard stone. I forget how it comes up. It's not yeah. important. Like oh yeah, like those used to be super common, and then scalbards got hunted to extinction because right. everybody wanted these stones. And she's like, cool. So like. Was there any truth to the fact that they'll like bring you fortune? And he's like, I mean, not really. And she's like, oh, cool. So it didn't work. And he's like, no, no, no. It works, just not the way people think they do. And then he goes on to explain that ring of fortune is an old sailor's term for like having your group of people. Like your ring of fortune is like your peeps. Yeah. And the thing that the Scalvard Stone does is like. Is bring like things bring together, together for your heart's desire. And then then it all starts slotting into place, everybody, okay? Because all of these people are, most of them are very misunderstood and maligned. They're minority groups. All of them are like like seeking a transformation to, you mm-hmm. know, to, to go from one thing to another. All of them want to feel valued. All yeah. of them are like, like for Pendry, for example, his whole family laughs at him about like wanting to be a bard or whatever. And so they're all underestimated and they're all just good people. And also <sighs> like, I feel like there's a big appearances component too. Like, I feel like one of the the themes of this book is like appearances are deceiving or don't make assumptions based on appearances because like Pendry is like this big hulking loafing dude, you know, with like big thick fingers and big broad shoulders. And like, he like plays the lute and has this delicate singing voice. And like, it's just, yeah. So the night before they reopen, Viv brings out four sheets of paper. She has Thimble and Candry and Cal right there. And she makes this lovely little speech about friendship. <laughs> and Cal's like, yeah, um, that was a great speech. Good job. And then she's like, cool. So I have these papers that I've drawn up. Um, they're making all of you equal partners. Because this place wouldn't exist. Because this place. Without right. you. And Cal's like, um, but like, I'm not. I don't work here. And she's like, Cal, you literally built this place. <laughs> like you literally actually <laughs> built this place with your two hands. <laughs> and he's like, fair yeah chantry's like shut up cal and like <laughs> pushes it toward him yeah ah oh, and thimble like thimble is just like you know bouncing on his little toes he's so excited about this new thing and it's just it's capitalism done right it's yeah. capitalism done with the interests of everyone involved yeah it's so, so good the other thing that they're like sort of delighted about after they find out how the the scalvard stone actually works it's because fennis stole it and they're like y'all just think for a minute about the kind of people it's gonna attract (laughs) they're gonna eat each other alive (laughs) like this is the best possible thing that could have happened yeah i don't need to take revenge on fennis he's done it to himself (laughs) yeah (laughs) so the very last bit in the book is 
after they've reopened and of course everybody shows up and it's a wild success and like and just like yeah like I owe a lot of debts to a lot of people and I'm gonna work really hard to make sure I can you know repay people both monetarily and just like figuratively like including the magical because the magical showed up and she was like I would like six of everything please and like she put it in a bag and then Viv was like thank god she didn't offer to pay because like I know she sent half of the lumber at least right yeah to, to make this happen anyway um but yeah go go um, go yeah 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 so they close and oh right so they like sign all these papers and then Cal and Thimble leave and Viv's like Tandry can you stay and Tandry's like yeah I yeah guess. sure and she's like I have one more thing I want to show you and so they go up the stairs because Cal built a staircase to the loft now oh. not a ladder actual proper stairs oh. and a little rope on it during the day there's a red velvet rope I know I can't and she opens a door because there's rooms up there now and there's a bed and there's a dresser yeah and she's and like Tandry- I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. That's not actually what I want to show you, though. <laughs> That's just part of it. <laughs> and then she opens another door, and there's another bed, and another dresser, and a vanity, and an art station. And a bunch of art supplies. And Tandry's like, what's this, Viv? And uh-huh. she's like, this is for you? If you want it. If you want and then Tandry just kisses her. Just throws and, her arms oh, around her. Oh, it's so good. And her face off. And it's the last line of the bulk of the book. And it's so, so good. good. There was one other kiss, like, when they, during the tragedy or whatever, but, you it know. It was, like, a really, like, tiny, like. Yeah. I think she calls it a stolen kiss. A stolen and then they're both kiss. just like. Uh, uh, no, we have no that? idea what happened there. Oh, yeah. boy. But yeah. now they're together oh, forever and they live forever. together. And I love that she built Tandry her own room. She yes. was like, hey, I like you. Come live in my space. She yes. was like, hey, I like you. I would like your space to be close to my space. Yeah. I loved that so much. And like our spaces can overlap, but they also don't have to. Right. And you always have a refuge to go to if you right. need it that is like, yours. Like, I don't want to make any assumptions. Like, I just want you to feel safe and comfortable. And I want that. I want you to feel safe next to me. Ah, it's so good. It's honestly delicious. I'm I'm obsessed with this book. I took notes and I feel dumb about it because I've read the book three times now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Since we... <laughs> Since last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. What a yeah. goddamn revelation this book was. Yeah. And I also feel like, because this was originally published, I think, maybe in 2001. Like, I think this was his, his. What? Oh, copyright 22. To 2021. No, oh, no, no. God. Sorry, I was like, the fuck I'm bad are at you talking No, about? no, 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 no. Okay. 2022. I think this was like his pandemic nano project incredible and i just feel like it entered the world at the perfect time and like continues to exist in the world at the perfect time absolutely and there's a sequel coming out that i don't think is about these people i think it's going to take place in a bookstore yeah which like uh be still my beating heart absolutely yeah Yeah. (sighs) oh my god all right meredith (laughs) what's your lady love I mean, do I have to have one that's not this book? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Mine is mine's beverage related. Oh, tell me everything. Okay. So now that I have the recording booth, um, I'm trying yes. to do less coffee 
because coffee dries out my mouth and it makes my mouth click more when I when I speak. So which it's, is hilarious considering the conversation we had forty minutes ago. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, <laughs> so what I've been doing? Yes, tell me everything. When we went down to a polycon, Jenny got like a really giant. Thing of Earl Grey tea because she's always okay. she's a perma tea drinker. Okay. And she was gonna get back on the plane. So she was like, Can I do you want this? Like, can I just leave it with you or whatever? And I was like, sure. So I have been brewing just carafes of, I mean, huge carafes yeah. of tea and then putting honey in it first or whatever, and then putting it in the refrigerator. And then I just have iced tea lattes all day. So my girlfriend has been doing the exact same thing with Earl Grey tea. There's just always iced Earl Grey tea in our refrigerator. It's it's a re- it's Genius. also a revelation. Like yeah. Viv should maybe think about adding it to the. Oh, list. they did add iced coffee. At they one did. Point. They did. Thimble wants iced. <laughs> Thimble brought ice to make the like cream and eggs and stuff in the cold box last longer, and Viv's like hem motherfucker yeah. so she like crushes up some ice and puts it in a cup and puts coffee on and it's like here's your fucking ice beverage you motherfucker uh-huh. you don't <laughs> like so hot nice. drinks yeah. that's fine yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so giant cr- and and uh sometimes i have it you know just with ice other times i make it more of like a coffee-ish experience by putting soy milk into it and it's nice. delicious it's yeah. so good and it's so refreshing it's so perfect for summer mm-hmm. so that's my lady love. It's an excellent lady love. My lady love is spend money on things that make you happy. Ooh. Which is, let me explain. There's a place near my house that does tubing. And on the East Coast, that means you get in a tube and you float down a river. Yeah. I'm on not, the West Coast, not being, we call it floating. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 But here it's called tubing. Yep. Um, It's not a being pulled behind a... Right. Uh, motorboat or whatever yeah and it's not it's also not winter sledding on a tube because that's what we call tubing on the west coast (laughs) right yeah 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 no this is east coast tubing so you're on a tube in a river and they have a season pass that was like 175 dollars i was like gee that's a lot of money i'm not really sure but you know what those two hours are some of the best two hours i've ever spent and like i'm gonna do that seven times during the summer that's so worth it. And that having money. a pass means that I can just go. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. So like if you have a thing like that in your life, like if it's gonna make you happy, then like, you know. You can make it work, maybe. You can make it work, maybe. If yeah. you can make it work, it's worth it. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, tubing on the river. Yeah. That's fun. This place is extra great because they like make their own beer and then they'll like send you on the river with a plastic bag with ice and some cans of beer in it if you oh want. Oh my God. Um, and then like when you get back, like they have a kitchen so you can get like food and there's like live music and like people show up with their dogs. It's like <gasps> you can go and hang out and not tube if you want to. Totally. It's just great. Yeah. Also, if I could very briefly, since it is June, hmm. just oh, shout yeah. out my excellent local bookstore. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself anywhere close to the Lancaster, Pennsylvania region, or you like to shop for books on the internet, please check out uh, Pocket Bookshop. Um, Pocket Bookshop is a local queer and femme-owned indie bookstore. They have a lot of romance books and sci-fi books, and um, they're a huge, huge part of our community, um, especially bringing... um, 
queer awareness and resources to our town. They have tons of books on sexuality for all ages. Oh, that's great. Um, They're just really excellent. They just hit their one year anniversary and they're wonderful. So if you would give them a follow or check out their website or plan a day trip, perhaps. Oh yeah. Bookstore shopping. Um, They're just really excellent. And I wanted to give them a shout out. It sounds like the perfect weekend would be going to that bookshop and then spending all of Saturday tubing. Listen, I'm not saying you all should come visit me, (laughs) but you all should come visit me and I'll take you book shopping and tubing. I might take you up on that. Awesome. Oh my God. I'm taking an overnight trip. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, but they're just really excellent and we don't have a ton of outspoken queer voices in my town Mm. so i'm just especially grateful for them and since it's june i wanted to make a point to hell yeah hell yeah all right keep being a badass love yourself as much as viv loves coffee (laughs) i mean and there's nothing more pure in the whole world either like it really isn't oh so good this book i know Ah, duh.